brothers and sisters, welcome to the rebranded Christian uh, Fishers of Men podcast. I am your host, Alan. Uh, we're changing the name from the LDS Fishers of Men to the Christian Fishers of Men. We're going to slap uh, Christ's name on that to be uh, in line with what Elder Nelson uh, put out some time ago to focus on Christ, to have um, all of your social media and stuff like that. You know what I mean? They, they changed their name, you know, from like the Mormon newsroom to like the Church of Jesus Christ and stuff. And instead of LDS.org, it's the Church of Jesus Christ.org. So we're bringing ourselves into alignment, getting ourselves on the bus uh, to be in accordance with that. Um, I uh, probably should have done that from the get-go with this channel. I I hadn't um, looked into it super, like, super intensely. And somebody actually put it in the comments section and said, Hey, why don't you, uh, you know, why don't, why don't I request that you change your channel's name to be in accordance with that? And I thought, you know what? That's a pretty dang good idea. I, I just hadn't thought about it. So I think we're going to go ahead and rebrand and the logo is going to basically stay the same except for I'm going to put Christian in there. So Christian Fishers of Men podcast. There we go. Rebranded. So let it be written. So let it be done. So I wanted to take a moment here, brothers and sisters, and holy cow, can we talk about General Conference? Um, I'm going to go off the cuff. This is just raw. This is um, this is just like my thoughts type thing. Um, you know, ha having a bunch of kids. I have five kids and trying to get them all to be quiet and to not fight and to stop giggling and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like... You have to have that patience. You have to have that understanding because they're young. You know, I'm a father of young kids. I've got uh, I've got kids from almost 16 on down to, you know, seven, or at least almost seven anyway. And so we've, you know, there's always something going on. <laughs> there's always a fight to break up, you know, but they they do pretty good, and I am I'm proud of them for what they. Uh, for what they are able to to accomplish and what they're able to to handle as far as sitting through you know sessions of conference they they did great they sat through every session except for the Saturday evening session um and if I would have asked them to I bet they would have and they would have probably done it with minimal complaining you know this this coming generation this next generation they really are incredible but I'm I'm gonna have to go through. I'm gonna have to to read. I think read the the talks and to take some copious notes. And um, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean hard into that for my for my uh, midweek spiritual boosts as well as the podcast episodes. Because the older that I'm getting, the more that I am realizing how important these general conference messages are. You know, and it's. It's one of those things where I think that I'm starting to realize how much I haven't been paying attention, how much I haven't, you know, especially in my youth, how much just went over my head and how much I allowed to go over my head. 
I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away, you guys, by, by what we experienced and the things that we heard. And something that I am real, realizing and recognizing is that as the sifting is taking place, and it's taking place right now, we are, we are in the sift right now. We're, we're in the great sieve. It is happening. We are experiencing it. There are those who, who will watch General Conference, and I think Micah over at the two LDS archives, he put it really good in, in his post-conference uh, discussion where he says, you know, there's a lot of people that watch and they hear what they want to hear. And it's funny because that really struck a chord with me because that, I mean, that's something that I have been noticing, not just about people hearing what they want to hear, but also there is a, a propensity among our latter-day people to, to not just hear what they want to hear, but to bend and, and twist things into what they want to be true. You know, it's like, I want this to be true, so how can I bend the gospel around it instead of saying, you know what, let's just take truth as it is. Let's, let's take truth as it is. I loved this general conference, and there was a strong, as I was watching the first session, those first, um, those first talks that, that, that came up, right? You know, uh, starting off with Oaks, uh, Uchtdorf, uh, I think her name was Sister Tracy, Elder Runlin, you know what I mean? There was a strong, uh, there was a strong sense of follow the prophet, right? And the whole time I was listening to that, I was, I was cheering in my, in my mind. I was like, this is what the saints need to hear. They need to hear, follow the prophet. And what's sad about that is that we know that there are those who have forsaken the gospel who are, who are then saying in their minds, oh, it's just idol worship. It's idolatry. I even had a comment on my channel talking about idolatry, how, how I'm propping up all of these men instead of Christ. And to that, I will issue this response. And it came to me as I was having these thoughts that I'm now uh, relaying to you. If you're having an issue with, with me, you know, citing these, these apostles, these special witnesses of Christ, uh, especially the mouthpiece of Christ here on the earth today, I want you to listen to their talks, and I want you to jot down a note or just make a tick mark every time they mention uh, Christ by name or they reference to Christ, right? And then come back and tell me about these idolatrous men, right? These are men of God. And if you have ears to hear and eyes to see, then you will look and you will see the fruit of what they are bearing to you. Everything that they do points to Christ, and they have they have 
as Elder uh, Ballard has pointed out in the last conference, they are sacrificing their lives to get us to Christ. These are their golden years, right? Some of them have been serving for even longer than their their golden years. They're, you know, they're in a position to serve, and they've been serving for a long time. It is, um, it's really one of those things where a test, a test, a test is coming. That's from uh, President Kimball. It's been quoted by uh, his son, Elder Kimball, as well, right? Our favorite, Jay Golden Kimball. And I think that we're we're in that test right now. And as President Hinckley uh, quoted that same exact quote from President Kimball, uh, according to President Hinckley, he says that that test is is going to be listening to the Lord or listening to the world. You know, I'm I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that my parents taught me what they taught me. I'm so grateful that the gospel was something that, as I leaned on their light and understanding, I I came to know for myself that it was true. And there's a simplicity there that as I became a missionary, a very arrogant young, you know, young man, fresh out of military training and stuff, taking a break to serve his mission and then go back into the military. I was taught so much in those two years, things that I didn't even understand until afterward. But one of those things that I was taught and then I taught to investigators was that the importance of having a mouthpiece on the earth today. The importance of having those special witnesses, men who are handpicked by the great Jehovah Jesus Christ. You know, it's it's a funny thing that people have a problem with that, especially my Latter-day Saint, you know, my or my previously, you know, known as Latter-day Saint brethren, uh, past members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's sad because we we see and and you can look through the Old Testament that there was always a prophet, always. There was always a prophet. And when there wasn't a prophet, there was spiritual darkness and people made massive uh, doctrinal mistakes. Massive. One of the reasons why the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints grew in leaps and bounds in the places that it did, you know, having its birthplace in North America... Uh, back east in what was then, you know, the uh, near the 
the eastern borders of the U.S., but it was, you know, back then it was more like Central East, you know, because Mexico was, you know, cleared up through. Um, Ohio would have been considered West, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. But one of the reasons why it exploded there was because of the mindset of the Christians, the Methodists, the Baptists, you know what I'm saying? Like, there were people there who were so spiritually in tune that they knew something was coming. And they knew something was coming because of the Reformers, the Protestant Reformers, right? Uh, the Methodist Church comes to example, right? They, they had vowed to live a methodical life until the truth came. You know, men like Martin Luther, John Wycliffe, men like, you know, like William Tyndale, uh, one of my heroes, you know, they knew that the truth was not on the earth, that that the, the current church was not practicing what was in the Bible. They knew that, and they knew that there was to be a restitution or a restoration of all things. And so their congregations, who called themselves after their names, which was not anything that they asked for, right? They understood you had to be called after the name of Christ. That's number one. But these men knew that there needed to be a restoration and a restitution. So, long story short, that's why the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints had so much success and grew leaps and bounds in its infancy. And, you know, people like Brigham Young, people like uh, John Taylor and Lorenzo, you know what I mean? You, you get all these guys that were having Bible studies with people and who were, who were awaiting for the primitive church to appear in its in its new form, right? Uh, A.K.A. a prophet and twelve apostles. Okay, they were looking for that church, so that when it came along, they immediately recognized it, and they joined themselves to it. You know, it's it's one of those things that it, it really does break my heart. Like, it, it actually, it, it has that emotional effect on me to where it's like, you guys, look at, look at what the people who didn't have a prophet go back to, to 100, 150, 200, you know, A.D., and look at what those guys were saying. You can look at a lot of those, those writings, and you can see the lamenting of the fact that the apostles aren't around, that, the, that hearing the gospel given by, you know, the, the, sweet, the sweet nectar of the gospel given by the Lord's anointed was absent and they could feel it and they could see that something else had replaced that. It made way for the Gnostics to come in, right? For the, the, 
the scientific or the, the Greek philosophy and age of reasoning, right, to come in and to supplant the gospel of Jesus Christ as given by men who are called of God in authority, right, who took not that honor unto themselves, okay, but who were called of God as was Aaron. Okay, this is important, important stuff. That's why I'm spending some time on it here, because it just, it kills me. It kills me inside that we would, that we would take these pearls and that we would just trample on them, that we wouldn't hold them as something sacred and, and recognize what we have here. Brothers and sisters, this, is, this was gold. This conference was gold. And hearing these, these, these men and women, these brothers and sisters, you know, talk about Christ, referencing Christ, go through every talk, regardless of if it's a prophet or apostle, and write down every time that they mention uh, Christ by name or that they reference him. Brothers and sisters, this is, this is, I can testify to you, the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And it really is so sad that so many people are, are, are throwing it away that are, are just throwing it away and allowing themselves to be sifted as, as chaff. You know, I just, I just, I, you look at what was, everything is centered around Christ. It's supposed to be centered around Christ. The fact that we have a, a prophet and apostles, you know, these, these uh, members of the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, right, of his church, Christ being the chief cornerstone, that, that is not their idea, you know. We need to look at this, too. It's be like, by their fruits ye shall know them. Look at the fruits. Look at the fruits of these men, of Joseph Smith. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it like, it's not a power grab here. Everything that they do, everything that they say, all the advice that they give is to bring us into closer communion with Jesus Christ, with the Lord and Master Jesus Christ. He is who they are pointing us towards. He is who they are pointing us to. And it just, it, it, it boggles my mind. It just boggles my mind. But moving forward here, I, I'm sure I've, I've belaguered the point but it really just, just, it pains me. It pains me to see that happening. You know, it, uh, I, I loved, I loved this conference. I love this conference. And, you know, I, I wonder if this was the final time that we will hear President Nelson from the pulpit. And hopefully that's not the case, because I, uh, I, I have grown, grown very fond of President Nelson. I've grown very fond of him, but he is 97 years old. You know, he wasn't um, 100% at this conference, right? I think we can all agree that if you watched, he, he wasn't 100%. Um, and towards the end there, you know, I'm, I'm skipping, but I'm towards the end, watching him choke up and hearing the words, you know, God be with you till we meet again. Like, 
There is significance, brothers and sisters. There is significance there. With everything going on in the world right now, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in these next six months. I don't know what's going to happen in these next six months. Germany, a lot of people are looking at the uh, very possible scenario of freezing to death. You know, I'm not going to get too much into the into the uh, geopolitics or anything like that here, but there are challenges here. You know, obviously Ukraine, the members in Ukraine, you know, or the people in Ukraine. Heck, people in Russia, like you know what I mean. We we are looking at uh, a world war situation, and I pray that that doesn't happen. But we are in the last days of the last days. There are to be uh, wars and rumors of wars. And for me, I have learned an incredible lesson these past few years leading up to this point. And that lesson is, is that whatever we think is important, you know, we want to get up there and hear the prophet address things you know, like the these current wars and, and situations going on directly, and to give us, to give us all of this, you know, this insight and knowledge behind what's happening, and you know what I mean. What's what's going on with who? Who's the bad guy? You know what I'm saying, brothers and sisters. What is important and what we should be focusing on is what we're hearing at general conference. And from the looks of it, we really need to focus on the basics. We really need to focus on those basics, right? Uh, one of the one of the things I highlighted in uh, President Oaks' uh, opening talk here for for the very first session of conference, okay, is that it's like we need each other. We need each other, and that's not just us LDS folk, right? It's like we need each other. All of Christendom needs each other. You know what I'm saying? We, we, I think that there's a lot of significance to that, and there's some lessons that we are going to learn, perhaps in even a painful way. I really do think that that, that is something that if we don't know now, we will. You know what I mean? I, I hearing, hearing these, these elders, these, these brethren, get up there and the stuff that they are talking about there is definitely a call for unity for unifying behind Christ you know what I mean there there is ah oh, there's so much that there was there was so much good stuff in there and I can't wait for them to to post everything with all of the with all of the notes so you can go in and see you know whenever you get to see the notes that they that they use you're getting an insight into into their mind. You're getting like you're getting some really good insight into what they were thinking and the, to the message that's being portrayed. Because you'll get those references to to scriptures, right? That they had in their notes. And you know, as we know, President Nelson is surgical with his notes. And I would, I would say that all of the brethren, you know what I'm saying, these are all special witnesses of Christ. There is stuff that we cannot learn unless we study what they actually said. 
So that's going to be the mission going forward for the next, you know, the, the next however long it takes. If it takes us six months to get through it, then that'll be six months well spent of, of podcast time going through and breaking down what these talks had to say. And what, what was the message? What was the theme of conference? This is spiritual survival. This is spiritual survival. Things that we need to hear for them to get us through another six months of life on this, on this, you know, during this tumultuous time. And whether we are in temporal hardship or spiritual hardship, I tend to believe both are, uh, are heading and our way and ramping up. But as we continue on this road that we are on and things get a little bit wilder and things get a little bit crazier, you know, we, we are going to need each other. And that's something that's a hard, you know, that's somewhat of a hard pill to swallow for me sometimes. And it's not that I don't want to work with other people. It's just that the older I'm getting, the harder it is to be around other people, (laughs) you know, I, um, me and my wife are looking at, uh, at getting, getting out of Utah and into, into the Midwest, you know, perhaps getting into the Midwest. So we're looking at, at the states, you know, that, that, that make up the Midwest and stuff. We're looking at, you know, trying to get out into some rural places and, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where no man is an island. It's like, yeah, I want to get out there and stuff like that, but you know, I'm going to need I'm, either way. We need our ward. We need our ward family. We need our neighbors. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's kind of hard sometimes because I want to be self-reliant. If you guys have listened to me for any amount of time, you know that I, I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I should call myself a prepper. I'm a traditional uh, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I take seriously the admonitions that we have had to, to have food storage, to have that, that year or two supply so that we can survive if we have hard times. And what's funny is that I think everybody thinks of natural disasters. I think that they think of all that type of stuff when when we heard those those admonitions but now it's looking like it's like inflation it's economic turmoil it's you know what i mean you know how many of us are getting stretched to the limit just with our grocery bill you know there very well uh, may come a time when we have to start dipping into the food storage just in order to make it just in order to make ends meet and i don't know how long we're going to have to do that i hope and pray that there's some relief somehow, you know, we're able to, to get back to having, to having food, to having plenty, you know what I mean? So that we can share, so that we can take care of each other, so we can take care of, of the homeless, of the poor, those who don't have any food. I really, you know, Micah talked about this, but is something going to happen, you know, that, and you can, you know, you can go down the rabbit hole with stuff like this, uh, but it's looking more and more likely 
you know, what if, what if there is a retaliatory response to, to the whole Nord Stream pipeline thing and they take down the grid? What if, what if you lose, what if we lose internet? Let's say we have, you know, something that takes out, out our power. And if you don't know how, how vulnerable our system is to things like an EMP or things like that, you know, look it up. It's, it's very alarming. But what if we lose that ability that we have become so accustomed to with being able to receive instructions from, from the Brethren, from the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve? What if there is a time that we are cut off? What if there is a time that, that we are going to have to uh, take these correct principles that have been taught to us and we're going to have to govern ourselves? which was also one of the messages from General Conference, by the way. You know, if you notice, they're, they're starting to not break down every little thing. You know, if you notice, they didn't mention tattoos and stuff in, the, in this for strength of the youth. You know what I mean? Ear piercings and stuff like that. Guys, the, the advice from before is still fully enforced. They're not saying it's okay to go get a tattoo. That's not what they're saying. Okay? The message I'm getting from that is that, like, it's like, okay, you, you should know that, right? If you're in tune, if you're following the gospel of Jesus Christ, do you think you should get a tattoo? Probably not, right? Probably not. I can, I think I can... I can confidently say, no, you're not supposed to get a tattoo, okay? And I, I have nothing against, you know, people that do have tattoos. I happen to marry somebody that has a tattoo, okay? <laughs> you know, we've, we've all got a past, right? That's not, that's not the message. The message is we have to start standing up, and we have to start standing on our own, Okay? We can't be we can't be told every little thing because some of these things we have to be of a higher spiritual capacity and and fortitude and order in order to survive what's coming. We have to be able to receive that personal revelation to survive spiritually, right? That goes hand in hand with that, okay? They don't need to say, hey, you probably shouldn't say the F word. Do they, do they need to, to put that out there? Hey, you probably shouldn't curse. Hey, you probably shouldn't take the Lord's name in vain. Hey, you know what I mean? Take your pick, right? It's one of those things. We should know. That's just stuff that we should know. Like, we're getting past that now. We're getting past that now. You know what I mean? Hey, you should probably go to the temple, Bor. You know what I'm saying? Like, do they do they need to tell us that? You know, they shouldn't. They shouldn't have to tell us that. That's something that we should. It's obvious, right? Brothers and sisters, the information that was given to us is absolute gold. It is gold. And I can't wait for them to release uh, 
release it so I can read it, so I can dive in and I can start putting my my thoughts, my notes, my my uh, my hot take, you know, on these talks one by one. We might have to start doing two episodes, you know what I'm saying? Two, two midweek spiritual boosts and stuff because there's information. I'm going to have to do the math and see. I'd like to get through them all in six months. That shouldn't be hard to do, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Every one of the talks that were given were outstanding. Whether they were given from one of the twelve, uh, or the first presidency, or whether they were given just, you know, by whoever, right? They were They were so applicable and so perfect for the times that we are in. And we need to start looking towards these these messages that we are given. We need to yearn for general conference. We need to yearn for that instruction that we get. We need to start looking. We need to start looking towards the prophet, not because of, of who he is as a man, but because of who he is as a mouthpiece, right? This, this whole church organization was Christ's idea, guys. He is the one that set it up. He is the one that has built the foundation. He has laid that foundation. He has built up this church. And he is continually, continually restoring things through his mouthpiece. There will come a time when we are called upon to redeem Zion, brothers and sisters. There is. It's coming. There will be some of us who are ready. I pray that I'm one of those. I pray that I'm one of those people who are ready and who is called upon to go and to redeem Zion. There will be some of us who have apostatized and who will recognize far too late the error that they have made. And that chills my soul to the bone. That chills me to think about being in that position. You know, there's... If anybody is giving you information that goes contrary to the prophet, to the apostles, to the... To, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? You know, it's just like, Elder, I believe it was Elder Renland who said, you know, he's like, I don't need to pray about that. It's an opposition, dude. Like, it's like having somebody from the occult hand you a book, an occult book, and then saying, well, why don't you just pray about it? No, dude, I, don't, I want nothing to do with it, man. I, I won't touch it. Me, personally, I will not touch it. I, I will not touch anything like that. I'm sticking to the iron rod. I'm sticking to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm sticking to the Lord's anointed and his mouthpiece. Okay? His special witnesses. The gospel. I'm sticking to that. And I will not veer away from that. I'm, I'm all in. It's one of those things, you know, and people people can slap whatever label. I'm unashamed about it. Yeah. If they tell me to get a jab, I'll get a jab. Okay? If the prophet says jump, I will jump. 
not because of who he is as a man, but because I know who is, who is standing behind him, who has called him. Okay? Prophet says, jump, I jump. I don't even ask how high. I jump and then say, was that good enough? May, hold on, maybe I can jump a little higher. Let me try again. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things. That's not prophet worship. That's not idolatry. It's because of, because of my love for Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, holding on to the iron rod, not being ashamed of who we are, standing up, opening our mouth. Okay, it may be hard for you to believe this. I'm actually a really quiet guy. You know, I'm a part of the uh, Zion or Bust on the, the two LDS archives. He has a Discord channel on there. I love being in that group. I love it. I don't even talk. I hardly post. I love just existing there. Some people might refer to it as an echo chamber because I'm there with like-minded people. Okay? It has nothing to do with being an echo chamber. It has to do with being with people who share my values. With people who are lockstep in preparing ourselves to be a people who is worthy at receiving Christ at His coming. Okay, the church, it's, it's, it's doctrinal. It was promised. Doctrine and covenants, okay? Not only by that, but by special witnesses of Christ that the church would not be taken again from the earth. It's here. It will be here when Christ comes. There will be a mouthpiece. There will be apostles who will receive Christ when he comes. who will be present when he is crowned king at Adamondiamon. Perhaps those meetings have already taken place. Perhaps they are getting ready to take place, and that's why there's been such a ramp-up, I don't know. In either case... Hearing the messages of General Conference. Hearing them as true disciples of Jesus Christ. Who are not culturally Mormon. But who are hanging on every word that comes out of here. As something that was sanctioned and given to us by the Master. who are anxiously looking forward to his return and who understand that we need to turtle up a little bit, that we need to raise our shields high and to not just cover ourselves with those shields, but to form that, that 
Tostudo formation, that Roman Tostudo formation, right? Where you not just, you don't just shield yourself, but you shield the soldier to the side of you, right? And you form this unbreakable wall, this shield wall. Being one in mind, being one in spirit, be one, even as Christ is one with his Father in heaven. That's a commandment that was given to us. Brothers and sisters, there's a lot that I'm holding back on. I'm looking at my notes right now. There's, there's good stuff to go into here. We're going to take these, we're going to go one at a time. And if I have to do a couple to get it done, then we'll, you know, I will make my, my attempt to make it happen. There's a lot going on in life. Like I say, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I, I've got big decisions. I'm trying to go to the temple every other week with my bride. Um, we need each other. We need each other. We need to be one. And as we get sifted, be mindful of the sifting. Pay attention. And don't get so hung up on what's happening in the world right now. Stand in holy places. Part of standing in holy places is not just listening, having the TV going, as general conferences going, and then being on your phone and stuff like that, but it is, it is doing that, you know what I mean, doing the best you can to pay attention and to listen, and then afterward, digesting, feasting on those words and recognizing them as the pearls of great price that they are. Gleaning information. Receiving revelation as you do so. Things that the Lord wants us to know and to hear. It's, it's partaking of that feast. And applying it and making yourself just a little better than you were six months ago, right? In the, in the past six months. It's about that eternal progression and getting ready for the redemption of Zion, for getting ready for New Jerusalem. This is not stuff that is just legend. It's not mythology. It's not Mormon mythology. This is real, guys. It's going to happen. There's going to be a redemption of Zion. Right? There's going to be an actual city, New Jerusalem, that we are going to perhaps, take part in building some of us. We have to be living as true disciples of Jesus Christ. We have to be ready. We have to be listening to what He is telling us. Brothers and sisters, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call it now. I'm gonna call it a little bit early, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get to work on doing some uh, midweek spiritual boosts. Hopefully, they release my 
they, they release those pretty quick so I can do one. Maybe it'll be a little late. We'll see. I need to have time to, to dive in and do a proper analysis of the talks and put my notes in there and stuff. But Brothers and sisters, I love you guys. I really love you guys. And as I listened to the brethren and the sisters speak at General Conference... I felt that love that they have for us, and I felt the love that I have for you. This channel has grown quite a bit. We are worldwide, though our numbers are few. You know? I love you guys. And there will come a day when perhaps we are able to see each other, right? And we will all be kneeling. And we will all be confessing that Jesus is the Christ. What, what did you do to prepare? You know what I'm saying? What can you do to prepare for that day? I testify to you of the truthfulness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Joseph Smith was indeed a prophet of God, and that there has been an unbroken chain from Joseph Smith to President Russell M. Nelson. And when he is, is gone, when his, when his mission is accomplished on the earth, there will be another that will be the most senior apostle placed in his stead, and he will receive the mantle. And that is a blessing beyond measure, that we do not have to travel in darkness, that there is a Moses who is receiving instruction from the fire and the smoke, right? Referencing the children of Israel having the fire by night and the pillar of, of cloud by day. We are experiencing that miracle now. We have a modern-day Moses. Don't learn, don't, don't learn that lesson the hard way. Brothers and sisters, it's, you know, it's, again, referencing Micah. He put out a, something that, that really struck me was, what if this was the last, last piece of advice that you could give? What if this was the last thing that you could say? What would it be? And mine, mine would be as it has always been. It is my testimony of the prophet and the apostles and of ultimately Christ. I trust in His ability as the Savior, as the Messiah, and as the Grand Architect, not just of this world, but of the foundation of this Church. And I trust in His ability to sift, and that whatever is left over will be worthy of redeeming Zion. I love you guys. I wish you the best. God bless you. God keep you safe. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.